Ineffable Holiday, 2021, a Good Omens fan fiction series, written by Ineffable Toreshi, read aloud by Skya Simaru. If you enjoy this podfic, you can check out the original story on archive of our own. If you would like to hear more of my recordings or see some of my own work. You can find me through the pen and screen name of Skyasimaru. Ineffable Holiday, 2021, Day 4, Christmas Ghosts. Aziraphale and Crowley stood side by side in the cottage's kitchen, eyebrows raised and mouth agape, staring down at a large tray of freshly baked gingerbread cookies on their little table. The kitchen was a disaster area, dusted all over with flour, several eggshells in one side of the sink, and a pile of dirty dishes in the other side, and an overflowing garbage bin spilling burnt apparent failure cookies out onto the floor. Despite this mess, however, the demon and the angel stared resolutely at the successful cookies, which were unlike any gingerbread people either of them had ever seen. Several had limbs and even heads missing. The remaining stumps blotted with bright red icing. Others had little weapons in their hands, mostly knives, but one or two ambitious ones carried what looked like hunting rifles. There were faces of utter horror and faces of giddy evil. One particularly well-designed, if horrifying, cookie had fallen and apparently cracked its skull open. There were gooey pink blobs of icing brain spilling from the open wound. Hmm, this is the last straw, honestly, Aziraphale muttered, thoroughly disturbed. It had been a very strange day. Crowley had woken that morning, feeling that... Something was definitely off somewhere nearby, though he couldn't quite put his finger on it. He told Aziraphale that something in the air felt wrong. Not dangerous, he was certain, but not quite right, as if there was something nearby that wasn't supposed to be here. Aziraphale had put it off as the demon's dislike of the second temperature drop they'd experienced in less than a week. That was until he'd looked out the patio doors into the garden and caught sight of the snow. The garden was decorated with half a dozen snowmen and twice as many snow angels though calling them angels definitely did not fit with their aesthetic. Angels and snowmen alike had been decorated with horns made from tree branches, fanged mouths 
traced out in small rocks, and wide eyes of bright colors using sprays of what looked like ketchup and mustard. It had been a confusing shock, to say the least, but with a nervous laugh, the angel had announced that it must have been some of the local children. Crowley hadn't been convinced. He was even less convinced when, later in the day, they found two jumpers that neither of them owned, draped across the back of the sofa in the living room. Mind you, calling them jumpers was a bit of a stretch, really. They'd clearly been hand-knitted and very, very poorly. The arms were different lengths. One's neck was far too small for any human head, while the other was big enough to slip right over Crowley's shoulders, and they'd been compiled of more than a dozen different colors each, poorly sewn onto the fronts of the sickly-looking jumpers were what looked like torn chunks of fabric that had been bundled up into rough balls, almost giving the appearance of round tree decorations, if you squinted in the dark. <laughs> they, they almost look like ugly Christmas sweaters, Aziraphale had suggested, bemused. Well, ugly is definitely an apt description, Crowley muttered back. But the real question is how they got in our home. By the time the afternoon rolled around, they'd discovered a bouquet of mostly rotted poinsettias in Aziraphale's office, several pairs of dirty, smelly stockings, hanging in front of their fireplace, a bowl of candy canes that had been sharpened to points at the ends, and, worst of all, in Crowley's opinion, a giant pair of poorly put-together reindeer antlers on the Bentley's roof. They had just been coming back inside from Crowley's furious tirade as he tore the offending decorations from his precious vehicle when they discovered the cookies in the kitchen. Yeah, is the cottage haunted or something? Crowley asked, incredulous. I sincerely doubt it, Aziraphale told him with an eyebrow raised. Surely one of us would have picked up on a wandering human spirit before now. We've lived here for nearly two years now, after all. Crowley frowned and concentrated, sending out demonic feelers in search of the discomforting essence he'd felt first thing that morning. He was convinced now that it had something to do with all the upsetting surprises they'd been finding all over the property and he was more determined than ever to find out what the hell it was. He began to wander the cottage slowly, eyes closed, left hand out, feeling. 
he could hear Aziraphale following close behind him, but the angel remained silent, watching and waiting. He must have been particularly out of sorts, Crowley thought, for him to be so very quiet while the demon searched. That only encouraged him further, because how dare anyone upset his angel like this? And around the holidays at that. It was slow going, but here and there, Crowley picked up little wisps, little trails of something. They were like miniature versions of the trails airplanes left in the sky, only comprised of a significantly more infernal kind of energy. They've been popping things in magically, so we don't catch them, Crowley murmured through gritted teeth. Who? Aziraphale whispered in a gassed tone in his voice. Crowley felt warm fingers reach up and snag the elbow of his shirt sleeve. Eyes still squeezed closed, Crowley reached out and wrapped his hand around one of the wispy, barely-there trails. He held on tight, even as the energy fought to wriggle out of his grasp, and growled, Hold on, angel! before reaching up with his free hand and snapping his fingers. There is a whoosh, the sensation of moving through space in a wholly wrong sort of way. And then, several voices, yelping and squeaking in horror. From behind Crowley came a powerful rush of angelic power, followed by a voice that would have brought even the bravest of men to his knees, demanding, You will not move! Crowley opened his eyes. He was somehow both surprised and not by the scene before him. They'd followed the trail of energy and found themselves transported to a small barn that Crowley immediately recognized as an old, abandoned structure that sat on the farmland bordering their cottage's land. The place looked as though a holiday hurricane had hit it. Every available space was covered in tinsel, dismembered bits of coniferous tree, crushed candy, splatters of paint, and shreds of wrapping paper, and the walls were pasted in hundreds of pages torn from magazines, store ads, printed sheets of song lyrics, and more. It seemed that a Christmas bomb had gone off and taken out an entire block of craft stores in the process. And, standing at the center of the disaster, quivering against each other from the pure, raw power of Aziraphale's voice, were three demons with comically wide eyes. One of them Crowley recognized as an Eric, the disposable demon of whom there seemed to be an infinite number of copies. The other two were unfamiliar, 
The first was a tiny, feminine-looking thing, with fathomless black eyes and a long mane of hair that twitched and writhed like vines. The other was a big, hulking brute of a thing, with curved horns on his head and three whip-like tails flicking around behind him. All three looked absolutely terrified of Aziraphale, which made Crowley feel a maniacal mixture of glee and pride. What are you doing here? Aziraphale demanded. His eyes were glowing with angelic essence that almost burned to look at, though the sight, honestly, just made Crowley feel inappropriately aroused. Explain yourselves before I smite all three of you! The hulking one, amusingly, squeaked and slunk backward, trying and failing to hide behind the other two. The feminine one glared at her mate, but only for a moment before returning her horrified gaze to the threat at hand. The Eric, apparently gathering that he was going to have to be the diplomat in this situation, took a shaky step forward and drew in a deep breath. We, uh, uh, we're celebrating Christmas? Crowley blinked. Aziraphale's show of strength faltered as he did the same. You what? Crowley choked. Eric wrung his hands in front of himself, gaze flicking back and forth between the angel and the demon, evidently working hard to determine the best way to say what he had to say in a way that wouldn't get him discorporated. We, um, well, you know, he said, focusing for the moment on Crowley. We don't celebrate nothing downstairs, right? But we've been observing Earth for a while now, and we thought that Christmas looked like fun, so we wanted to give it a try, you see? Aziraphale glanced at Crowley with incredulity in his eyes. Crowley returned the look with one of his own, before looking around the barn with new eyes. It was an absolute fucking disaster, precisely what one might expect from a group of demons trying to understand a holiday all about love and giving and kindness. By the time Crowley looked back to Eric, the lesser demon was fidgeting nervously and seemed to have resigned himself to the fact that he was going to be burned to a crisp at any moment. All right, Crowley said slowly, an eyebrow raised. Say I accept that explanation for a mo, but what are your holiday concoctions? Doing popping up all over our, he gestured between himself and Aziraphale, home. The feminine demon stepped forward, less with confidence and more with an air of not wanting Eric to steal all the glory. Their presents, 
she insisted in a high-pitched voice. Uh, for you two. She trailed off and coughed awkwardly in the face of the twin looks of shock that Crowley and Aziraphale were sending her way. P-prisons? asked Aziraphale. The glow had gone out of his eyes to be replaced with genuine bewilderment. For us? Without moving, and still crouching as though he could somehow hide his hulking frame by keeping it lower to the ground, the big demon spoke up in a low, gravelly voice that was somehow still the most cowardly of the three. Because we admire you, he offered in a pleading tone. Admire us? Crowley gaped. Of course, the Hulk continued, apparently building up a bit of steam. You're a demon and an angel who defied both sides and lived. You're all heroes. Crowley's jaw dropped. Heroes? he hissed. All three lesser demons nodded with enthusiasm. Plus, I mean, the feminine one added, none of us were keen on another war, so we're, you know. Her face twisted a bit as she struggled to spit out the word. Grateful. Crowley and Aziraphale stared at each other with wide eyes. That's, Aziraphale said slowly, mind working around what they had just learned. That's actually rather sweet. All four demons pulled a face and hissed, which only made Aziraphale grin. Crowley sighed and rolled his eyes, crossing his arms and adopting a less rigid stance than the one he'd been standing in since they'd arrived. <sighs> well, I suppose, he glanced at the three lesser demons from the corner of his eye and was both amused and a bit disgusted to see that they were all looking at him with the wide puppy dog eyes of a child meeting their favorite character at Disney World. He sighed dramatically in a very put-upon way, despite being more than a little bit touched by this strange and unexpected encounter. Fine, he growled. You three can stay here and celebrate Christmas if you want. But, he jabbed a finger in their directions, if you want to give a present, you walk up to the person and give it, all right? You don't just pop things into a person's home, got it? No haunting our cottage like a trio of Christmas ghosts. Also, Aziraphale added primly, with a finger raised, We'll thank you not to go terrorizing any of our neighbors. We rather like it here, and wouldn't be happy to have to go around erasing memories, because you three got into, uh, hellish habits. The three lesser demons 
grinned like the absolute terrors they were, nodding enthusiastically. The Hulk finally stood and joined his mates, his blazing red eyes amusingly innocent. We won't, Eric assured them. Damon's honor. Oh, uh. He thought about that for a moment, looked embarrassed, and changed it to angel's honor? No, no, human's honor. What am I supposed to say in this situation? Crowley covered his exasperated face with a hand. Aziraphale chuckled. (laughs) Just say Merry Christmas, the angel offered. Now, who wants to learn how to make proper gingerbread men? End of day four. Thank you for reading. Happy holidays, everyone. Please drop by the archive and let the author know what you thought of their work.